listening to the Auxiliary Gate Podcast, Kentucky's weekly horse racing discussion. And now, here are your hosts, Alan Schneider, Brandon Jaggers, Jeff Riggs, and me, C.C. Broadus. Brandon, you are not the The Auxiliary Gate, big problem. Welcome to episode number 158 of the Auxiliary Gate Podcast. I'm C.C. Broadus, joined by Alan Schneider. How are you, sir? I'm fine. Unfortunately, it's just Alan Schneider tonight, right? I mean, you got bringing the B team with you today. Sorry. Boy, ain't that the truth. Brandon bailed on us again. Jeff Riggs is uh, doing uh, doing the Lord's work out at Churchill Downs. Just oh. you and me. How about those graphics at Churchill Downs this meeting? Have you noticed how colorful, uh, how sharp, how precise, how pop. on point they are? They pop. They, they pop. Like, yeah. They pop like your eyes do on a summer night, right? Accuracy is number one in this business. It, it just so happens that our our buddy Jeff actually does is actually helping with the graphics this meet. So we'll let's give him a shout out. He's done a good job. I have seen. I guess it's like being an offensive lineman, right, or or a referee. You only, you only notice when they do something wrong. I haven't noticed anything wrong, so that's the best compliment I can give him, right? Right. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Good, good, good analogy. Yeah, and that's true. And then what do we now? You got to say something nice about Brandon, brother. Uh, I will one day. You got, you got plenty of time here. You got a nice voice. Oh, he does. Yeah. Nice hair. Very dreamy. No. Yeah. yeah. All right, we're getting off track. What do you got for me? Uh, let's dig into it. So, I mean, the f- first and foremost on my mind, yesterday was a pretty uh, busy day news-wise. Uh, in my world, at least, uh, we had a prominent uh, citizen in Bargetown arrested yes. uh, for, uh, for a murder. And uh, we won't go any more into detail into that, but we can talk about that off the air probably. But, uh, and then uh, th- later on that evening, uh, a certain prominent horseman sued two uh, as, uh, one, one rag put it, one or two Twitter ne'er do wells. And, uh, that, that, that story has always fascinated me from start to finish. You, you, this would be the absolute perfect Netflix series of a guy that's, uh, a, a relatively nice guy from all accounts, but has a, has a gambling problem. And, and he, he's such a good talker that he works his way up almost to the top of the social media food chain. And, you know, and has these battles along the way where, where, you know, whether or not he sent, he accidentally sent a topless photo of some girl to, to random people and, and gets sued for it or he gets into Twitter battles with, uh, a, a top Saratoga trainer. And it just is it, the most comical things you could come across. And then, you know, the, the side or, well, maybe the, uh, the crux of the matter is that he's, uh, he's got a gambling problem. And he, along the way, he's just, he's, he's fleecing all of his friends and, and, and using that money that, the, that his friends give him that, that he's, you know, basically selling them pick six tickets at 10% a pop, you know, maybe $150 per. He's just, you know, these are fake tickets and he's using the money to, 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 to gamble, you know, on his own, his own plays or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And 
<laughs> and, and lo and behold, he he accidentally sells ten percent to two different people of a of a of a pick six ticket that hits for over a half million dollars, like a once in a lifetime hit, and. <laughs> It's just unbelievable. And then, you know, he gets down and, and, and leads these people on because I'm, I'm sure he didn't know what to do. And then, and then, then manages to, to, to get another $2,000 out of one of the guys to, 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 uh, hedge, hedge a wager on the last race of that pick six. And then he leads the guys on for weeks and weeks at a time. And then it all busts loose in the last two days. And then, and then he gets sued, um, because he says he's got a video. Uh, that that could bring a a top trainer down. It, it, this is the craziest story. I, I I honestly I cannot. If if this was for Netflix, I would be I, I would be tuned in every week. <laughs> uh, you're being nicer than I am about this. I I have ne- I don't follow the guy. I did read the thread like everybody else did. I thought it was I thought it was sad and pathetic and awful. I've never been a fan of that stuff. I will grant you that it is funny to some extent in its own bizarre sense the whole degeneracy thing is not a i'm not a real huge fan of to be honest with you uh when people started latching onto that i found that mystical i don't know why someone would latch on to someone who obviously has such issues such obvious issues i i've never seen the allure i will grant you that it is bizarre uh is there pity involved for me? No, I think I think the guy should go to prison uh, personally. But uh, th- that said, I, I can definitely would grant you the fact that it would be an interesting series, much in the line of like uh, the what's the, the murder one uh, up in Wisconsin. I can't think of what it's called now or Tiger King. I, I guess I can see your point there, but uh, I thought it was pathetic, quite frankly. Uh but like you said, it is worth following along, right? Is I mean, you just, I, I'm just dying to find out what happens next. You know, who's going to come out on top in this? If, if anybody's going to come out on top, it's, it's, who in the right mind would send money to somebody they don't know over the internet over some tickets? Though? I mean, you know, I, I heard some guys talking the other night though. There's, there's action seekers out there that you know, if you if you see a Somebody that's got a two thousand dollar pick six ticket. You you you'll some guys that's you know two hundred dollars. It's a lot of money to me, but two hundred dollars to somebody's nothing. And here, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll Venmo you two hundred dollars right now to be a part of this. You know, I I mean I guys I'll tell you right now I can draw you up a two thousand dollar ticket. It'll probably be a lot better than what you're seeing to some caveman crap. But we'll hit it multiple times. Wherever I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to wait. But I mean, you know, I, I see your point on the whole action secret. I just cannot put myself in that frame of mind to be, to be like that. I guess in some, in some wild instance, I, I can, I can see it. But, uh, yeah, uh, I can't imagine then one strangers that type of money over and over and over again, right? I mean, to some extent, you, I mean, you, you got to protect yourself. I would think, but, but uh, you know, the underlying issue here, though, I mean, addiction is a serious thing. Oh, it is. Yeah, it. I mean, whether it be gambling or drugs or alcohol or what, whatever, it's 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 a serious thing. It's hard to cure, and and you know, like I listened to his uh, Twitter spaces the other night, and he he said all the right things, but that that really doesn't mean anything. Yeah, that's. Uh, it's. I mean, it's sad because you know you know that's not the case, and he's probably still struggling with that two days later, even after all this comes out. So, it's. Uh, I feel bad for the guy. I feel. I feel bad for, even even worse for the, the guys he scammed, but. To, I mean, it's, this, this is not over. This, this thing is, uh, it's, it's, it's incredible. 
It is incredible. <laughs> it is incredible. I can't say I feel bad for him. I just think it's, I mean, you don't get to hurt other people due to your pretty lame-ass addictions quite, but you don't get to do other people that way. You just, you just don't. Whatever that said, when you, when you, when you swim in the sea of degeneracy, you're going to see things like that happen, whether you're, you find that it's innocent or not. I mean, so watch what waters you swim in, right, sir? I would say. It's absolutely incredible. I, I, I entertained the thought of asking him to come on here with us. And I, and I guarantee you it would have been the most listeners in the history of the show because he's got a legion of followers. It, it's incredible that people, I mean, that spaces that he had the other night had like 700 followers. It was, just, it was impossible that, that, that he had accomplished what he accomplished. And then, you know, it's, he's getting ready to throw it all away, but. Yeah, whatever he's like. I, there's some people that really cannot stand him either. Again, I'm that, I'm on the that, other side of the fence. But, that, but. That, that's the thing. He's very polarizing. He's a very po- and 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 the, the the guy that's suing him is very polarizing too. So it's, I mean, we're, we're setting up for World War Three. But uh, yeah, uh, speaking of degeneracy, uh, mobile sports wagering is available in Kentucky starting today. How many wagers have you played so far? Did you know? Do you know? I have. I've told you before. I betting football and sports has never interested me. But then I saw the promos and stuff that they're giving away, and yeah, I took. I I got the free stuff or whatever. So I I, I got the free two hundred dollars here, two hundred dollars there, or whatever. And I was like, and I don't have to do anything. All right, I'll, I'll bet the uh, Packers are twenty five dollars here, or whatever. I'll get my free stuff. So and and honestly, I do sound like a newbie with this stuff. Because I kind of am, but uh, the sites the sites were pretty cool. I could see why some people would get into it. It's not overall my thing, but I'll dabble a little bit, you know, just because I it's you know no harm in it, I suppose. I've I've downloaded all the apps too, but I I was I shut them all down because I don't know what bonus bets are and odds boosts and all that. I had to teach myself because again, I, I and you I know you're like me, uh, CC, and that you you're you're. The main thing that you've done through it is, is betting horses. And when you're accustomed to turning $28 into $900 or betting $14 and making $1,700 and so on, or just betting 10 and turning to 50 uh, it's like man, betting, on, betting a game and getting, you know, uh, $90 for a $100 bet or some three-team parlay. That, what's that bring back? Like five to one. It's like I can do that three times a day at the racetrack. So it, I guess I have to recondition my mind, and I understand it. But when you you know what I mean, right? If we're used to bigger stakes on a smaller risk scale to right, some extent, right. so not that that you can't, but also understand the allure, especially the younger people and stuff. I do worry about younger people with this, you know. I, yeah, I can see where so I'm a little concerned about that. We've got a really a culture of gambling that that these kids are growing up in. Uh, mm-hmm. So you know, I, I I'm not crazy about that, but you know, like I said, I've always taken a libertarian point of view on this kind of stuff. Agreed. And, I, and I've, I've said many a time, I don't need it. This is going to sound, I'm not trying to sound holier than now. When I decide to watch a football game, it's because I actually have a vested interest in the two teams that goes apart for money. So, yeah. Um, so, but I, I can see why someone would, would want to enhance yeah. uh, a game to me. But when Thanks. I watch Georgia versus Alabama, I mean, I'm literally interested in the game itself. Yeah, yeah to each their own, though. I mean, it's yeah, whatever, exactly. Whatever, and I completely whatever makes agree. More interesting for I'm you. Exactly, I feel exactly the way you do. All right, so uh, big weekend coming up all over the country. Santa Anita is reopening for uh, for their uh, big meet leading up to the Breeders' Cup. Uh, I haven't even looked at their cards yet, but uh, Aqueduct or Bel- what they call Belmont at the Big A's got a big uh, big card with the Woodward uh, Warlike Goddess coming back in the Turf Classic to take on last year's Breeders' Cup Turf winner. 
uh, and you know, like I said, the woodwork. I forgot who's in the woodward. It's not a, it's not a stellar field, but uh, it was a. Neither is the Breeders' Cup Classic. Oh my god! It's it's not looking very good on that front. That's for certain. Uh, and of course, we've got a got a big card at uh, Churchill too. We'll we'll take a look at those races here shortly. Uh, Cody's Wish coming back in the Vosburg. Uh, seven furlongs. That should be should be very interesting. Looking forward to that. But uh, now about speaking of uh, horses peak performance, about Damon's Mound last week. You know we're going to shout out Damon's Mound and Michelle, right? That's uh, yeah, four hundred thousand dollar gallant Bob Stakes. That horse uh, won. I, I'm interested to see where they go next. I the, I think there's a race at Keeneland, and uh, the name maybe it's the Fort Springs. Maybe it's a seven furlong race. I wonder if they, they might. Uh, I, I might know. I might know what they're thinking. I don't think you would guess either. But I mean, that's still up in the air and stuff. I won't. I won't say it. I won't say it on there and stuff. But okay. I, would I, I validated. I feel we're validated because, like, we've been saying forever how, how good this horse is. And there was a, there was legit excuses a couple of times. And now this horse is getting its due. Second grade two win, three hundred fifty thousand dollar race at uh, in Charlestown. Quite the world traveler, I might add too. Four hundred thousand dollar easy win up in Pennsylvania. Uh, this horse can go higher. This horse will go higher. This horse is, we knew what his niche was. It was one turn the entire time, but the horse can stalk and stay near the lead. Probably come from off the pace one and two, but she's got a good one and there's more wins in, in this one's future. So, uh, Corey Lannery stuck on 4,998. He needs two more wins to get to 5,000. Did he get him today by any chance? I, I didn't really. Let me make sure McPeak won the last race. I'm just looking at that, see who rode the horse. No, Brian <laughs> Hernandez rode that horse i don't think no he he is he's stuck on 49.98 as i think that's the number so uh hopefully he'll knock that out of kingland but, uh, yeah hopefully that'd be nice yeah. it looks like mcpeak won the last two races leperu had one and hernandez had one so what about christian torres how good is he riding out there torres uh yeah he, he torres and corrales probably the you know the, the two biggest up-and-comers maybe ray lou gutierrez you throw him in there that's a pretty good up and up-and-coming trio Oh God, yeah, yeah, and then Corral, you know, we're, we're you're going to be kicking yourself in a couple months, and Corral keeps paying forty dollars and seventeen dollars and twenty one dollars at Turfway and stuff, and you're like, well, how did he get off at of that? But we'll right. see. Well, let's not rush things, please. That that's yeah. not looking forward to. Uh, I saw a woolly worm the other day, like a like a dark black and brown. That's that's usually a sign of a bad winter. So anytime Turfway's open, it can't be a bad winter, right? They, that's not true. That is not Caitlin, true. Where's Caitlin Free? She got my back on that one. That's fake news, <laughs> buddy. Fake news. Okay, let's. Uh, that's enough. That's enough uh, garbage. Let's get to uh, our, our our main event, and we'll get to her right away. All right, let's meet our special guest this evening. Of course, we met uh, this young lady. I think it was last year around Derby Week. It was a chance encounter. I was about thirty minutes late getting my. Uh, Breakfast burrito at the track kitchen at Churchill Downs. That. Alan, that's true. Alan, Alan, of course, got his early, and uh, yeah, they they kind of forgot about me. But in 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 the meantime, we we got to to meet this fabulous person who sat down with us, and uh, I uh, I refer to her as Jenny Photog. I understand <laughs> Photog is her uh, maiden name, but uh, and she's changed it since. Maybe I don't know. I, I like to think that. I like to think that you know we should all take our. Uh, our, uh, uh, our vocations as our last name. Alan would be Alan Carmaker. Oh God. Uh, I would, I would be, uh, CC loses pick four bets. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to bring on Jenny Doyle. 
and uh, Jenny is a, a photographer, and she she's worked in the racing game for a long time. Jenny, how are you doing? Good. How are you? All right. Well, let's let's get into it. Now, I, I'm I made that up. I know your your last name's not Photog. I wish it was. <laughs> but uh, Jenny, uh, I understand. I I did not realize this. You're from California originally. Is that right? I am. I'm from a small town called Acton, California, which is about 50 miles northeast of Los Angeles, about an hour from Santa Anita over the San Gabriel Mountains. Okay, so it's a long way to Kentucky. What? When did you come here and why? And why did you come here? Um, I've lived here a couple different times, um, but this time I actually was hired by TaylorMade uh, to do their boarding photos. So I moved here in December of 2017 after working the sale for TaylorMade, the November sale. All right. I'll stop you right there. What is a boarding photo? So there's a lot of horses that are at TaylorMade that are boarded. So basically they're kept there, um, like broodmares, um, you know, layups, foals weanlings, babies, that kind of thing. So my job there was to take photos of the mares and foals uh, when the foals were born, and those were sent out to the owners so that they would get a monthly update of how their horse looked and was doing. Oh, wow. Okay. So you you were fairly busy just doing that, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, there were about 400 horses. And Taylor Made is out near Nicholasville, right? Nicholasville. That's I've correct. I've been there. Been there a long time ago. I saw Unbridled Song a long time ago. That was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. 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 The, the story on him that he had a big paddock, but it was kind of, he would just go to the back of the paddock just to get away from everybody. And then <laughs> he'd come around during feeding time. So he didn't want to be bothered by anybody. So yeah, that, he kind of held his own court. Uh, He's an thing. introvert. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, all right. So now you're, I assume you're a part-time photographer. I know you got a full-time job, but would you consider that part-time or full-time your, 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 your side gig? My, I would consider it part-time. Part-time? Yeah. You, you started a kind of a new, or you've rebranded yourself. You've got a new entity. Tell us about this. Uh, you just kind of announced it a few days ago. Yep. So, I decided to rebrand myself as Photo Stable. Um, I just designed my own website. Uh, it's called photostable.us. Um, so I'm going to still do the racing photos, but I've also started to branch out into horse shows. Um, I shot my first horse show a few weeks ago. Uh, is a three-day event, which consists of dressage, show jumping, and cross-country, and uh, went pretty well. I have another show coming up October 7th and 8th at Valley High in Versailles, so I, I look forward to shooting that as well. Okay, now tell us how the uh, – all right, I'm an idiot. As, as many people have listened to this over the past three years – have realized <laughs> what when you take photos now that, that all that stuff where you had a dark room and all that is that that's, that's a thing of the past now you, it's all digital is that right or how does that work 
Yeah. So um, there's different programs. I use Lightroom and Photoshop. Um, so I try to do as little editing as possible. Um, there's a lot of work behind editing, which is fine, but I would rather capture it so I don't have to do all that back work later. Are, are there some photos that maybe like racing fans would be familiar with that you've taken? Um, yeah, there would be. Um, the photos of California Chrome right before he sold to Japan. Um, I did quite a bit of work for Perry and Denise Martin, a lot of confirmation photos of their broodmares, some of their weanlings. And before Chrome sold, Denise contacted me about doing a photo shoot of Chrome, and those photos would be used for Perry's book that came out um, in February called California Chrome, Our Story. Wow. Cool. Yeah. So um, it was a very special morning. Uh, he really loves the camera and put on a really big show. The lighting was a- amazing. And I just called it a magical day. I mean, it was just everything worked together it was great wow okay that's cool and then i know you worked with rich strike tell us the story how you've gotten uh, involved with uh i've already lost track of time it was last year's kentucky derby winner right was it last year 20 yes 2022 yep. yeah yeah so how, yeah. how did you get in touch with uh, those guys so um during covid i was contacted by um an an artist, Joe Bonomo. I don't know if you guys are familiar with him, but um, incredible artist. And um, he was seeking a photo to paint. And he ended up painting my Mucho Gusto Pegasus World Cup photo. Um, so we became acquainted. And then he became acquainted with Eric Reed. Um, after Richie won the Derby and he's done a lot of artwork of Richie for Eric. And I want to say also for Rick. Um, so I wanted to go to Mercury, which is Eric's farm and, um, take some pictures of Richie. So I reached out to Joe and he said, well, I'm actually going over there tomorrow let me ask Eric, Eric if it's okay if you come along. And he said that that was fine. So I met him there, and the rest is history. So um, the photos that I took of Richie that morning, he was just galloping. And I, it may have been like a couple weeks later, I was contacted by a, a high-end real estate magazine out in um, Orange County, California, um, that they were going to feature Eric and Rich Strike in Eric's property, Mercury, in this magazine. And Eric had given them my contact information because he knew I had just taken these photos. And they ended up putting them in the magazine, which is very cool. Wow. Now, yeah. When I, I Facebook stalked you uh, this morning. <laughs> nice. I, I, thought I saw some pictures of Peyton Manning 
on your yes. role. I know Peyton Manning is somehow involved with a, some type of movie, maybe over about Eric Reed's life or something like that. How, how, did you get to meet Peyton? I did. Yes, I did. Um, so that was Oaks Day when Richie was running in the Ali Sheba, and um, it was a huge surprise for all of us that were back at the barn. We had no clue at all, and all of a sudden, people were, you know, looking around, what's going on, and someone said, it's Peyton Manning, and I thought, oh my gosh, what the heck, but I didn't know why he was there, and that's why he was there. He came to meet Richie, and um, he was presented with a couple of different, I think, Woodford Reserve bottles that uh, were very limited editions um, that were painted with Richie's images on them. Um, so uh, Peyton owns Omaha Productions. So um, it was very cool. We all got to take pictures with him and very kind. His wife was with him as well as long, as well as some of her friends, I believe. Okay. The, the photography industry fascinates me. Probably cause I don't understand it, but <laughs> all right. So, have, have you photographed a Kentucky Derby before? Yes, I did 2019 um, for Racing Dudes, and then I shot this year's Derby um, for the Kentucky um, HBPA. So did you happen to have a camera at the finish line? You know, there's like 5,000 cameras right past the wire. Yes. You, you can get in there and do that too? Yes. Is, is that uh, – I never understood how that worked. Could you kind of run, uh, this is silly, but could you run us through how leading up to the derby itself, what what you have to do to be able to get that picture of, of them crossing the wire? Well, uh, I mean, for me, <laughs> I guess for photographers, I want to say me, but I'll include everybody. I guess it's it's kind of simple, really. We just get under the rail. <laughs> And wait for him to cross the but finish line. <laughs> not not every not every photographer is there, right? I mean, some of it's automatic, right? Or is that a remote? Yes. So some photographers do have remotes. I do not. Um, and it's a lot of work. Remotes are a lot of work. Um, I don't shoot remotes, but yeah. But I, so I sit on the outside rail. You're on that. You're not on the inside. You're on, okay. I got you. So, but if you're if if the horses, I mean, I assume something triggers the the camera to take the picture. Yes. Yeah, so when they hit their shutter button, then it's like a um like a remote, and it's connected to your cam like your camera. So you're shooting them both at the same time. Um, they also have some that are handheld. So you're just standing there with a wire and you hit it and hope that you get the shot. <laughs> All right. Now let's assume you get the shot. Like you personally, what do you, what do you do with those photos? I know. Do you, do you upload them to like the clips? I think it's a clips something photo. I forgot what it's called. A clips photo wire or something like that. Um, yeah. So last year I shot for Scott Serio with a clip sports wire. That's it. And yeah, so um, 
working with him is different. There's a lot more details uh, and steps that you have to take um, after you've taken the photo. You have to upload metadata, which all the information that you see on Eclipse Sportswire, um, you know, the photographer's name, the jockey, the horse's name, their um, saddle towel number, like all of that information we upload on the back side of the photo, so to speak. Okay. Between each each race. Yeah. So like big races like Kentucky Derby, Breeders' Cup, things like that. Scott has uh, card runners. So the photographers pretty much stay in place and he has individuals that run out to gather those cards. And then he and some other folks are up in media plugging that information in. Okay. Uh, but on a regular race day or stakes day, that was our responsibility to do that. All right. Now, you're going to Breeders' Cup this year, right? I am. Yes. Super excited. Were you surprised <laughs> that, you, that you were selected or is it, you know, you kind of expected it? Well, um, I tried to go with Pass the Wire and um, they're limiting how many credentials are given out to each outlet. And so... Um, I did. Yeah, I was the fourth person. They're giving out three. Oh. So I reached out to Jenny Reese with KHBP or Kentucky HBPA, sorry, and I, that's who I shot Derby for. And she, you know, had her three credentials, so I was able to get on with her. So, all right, there's gonna be a really nice filly named uh, Tamra. Yes. Filly by Bolt Doro out of uh, Beholder. Beholder. Yes. And when she wins the juvenile fillies, will I be able to purchase a photo from you? I, yes, you may. Okay. All right. You, miss, weren't you sick last year? It was at Keeneland last year. I think you told me you were sick last. For Breeders' Cup? Breeders' Cup or something like that. You missed it maybe or, or not? Yeah, I was there. there the first day. Okay. Yep, I was there the first day, and I did remotes for Scott, um, which I had never done remotes before. Um, so that was a whole new experience. Um, there's a lot of timing involved with it. Plus, Keeneland had um, requested that photographers not stand in certain areas because of the graphics that they were putting on for the folks that were watching from home. So it changed the dynamics a lot to be able to see where those horses were going to hit and know when to push that button for the remote. So it was, it was very different. That sounds like a mess. Yeah. Yeah. So um, it was very interesting, but um, so yeah, I, I was really exhausted from running around. I, I just didn't stand there and push a button all day. Um, I also covered up um, Alex Evers' cameras so that when the water trucks came by, the cameras didn't get wet. Um, there was a lot going on. So I was really exhausted. I, ha- I have issues with my feet. So if I'm on my feet for a long period of time, they really bother me. 
I have issues with my feet too. They smell real bad, but I want to calluses. All the bunions over to, uh, to Alan. Alan is actually, it's ironic that we have you on tonight. He's looking for a photographer for his OnlyFans page. Oh, and really? I think he, he wants to hire you. So we're going to talk about that. Then, then throw it back to me because I got one more question for you. Uh, I hope she works for free then because I'm not getting many hits. Um, <laughs> actually, one thing, Jenny, I, I should, you should know this, or, uh, I guess I should tell you this. I think you deserve to know that I was uh, driving home today listening and some guy on the radio uh, gave your number out over the, the radio today. Are you aware of this? Jenny? No. I wasn't. Eight six seven five three zero nine. That is you, correct? Oh, that is so lame. <laughs> you are so lame. But it is also so Alan, is it not? It's either that or Jenny from the block, right? And I'm not. I'm not hip <laughs> right. enough to that. So you know, I'm not to work. You've probably heard that in the past, right, Jenny? <laughs> yeah. But in or all seriousness, bathroom wall, right? <laughs> yeah. In all seriousness, uh, homage to the great Tommy Two Tone. Um, I'm going to get back to something CeCe was touching on. When you take pictures of everybody, I've always been kind of fascinated by this, right? So you're either under the rail or you're on the outer rail taking pictures of the horses are approaching the wire, right? Yeah. A couple things that I've always wondered. Number one, is it just about getting the winner, or do you guys take pictures of the fourth-place horse and the seventh-place horse? Or is it as soon as that horse crosses the wire, it's it's on to the next thing? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, at least for me, unless I know – there's another horse that I would like to capture. Um, it's pretty much focusing on the winner that comes across the finish line. I mean, it so, happens so fast. Exactly. So is it a deal? It's like, you know, everybody's there's it, it, it. I'm kind of fascinated by it because everybody else is watching the race itself and they're wanting to see the race. But you are you focused on the wire? Are you focused as they're coming down a stretch and you don't want to miss that shot? You another photographer for that matter. Is it you're just focused on that area when they cross this area or so you're not watching the races? How does that work? I watch. I'll watch, you know, if they're cut, they come out of the gate, they pass by, you know, go around the first turn down the backside. Um, I really start to focus um, when they're further down the down the stretch and I'll even take photos of them as they're coming down the stretch. That way I'm already on them when they get to the wire. Okay. So uh, the race ends. The, well, the winner crosses the wire. He wins by a head or he wins by ten lengths, whatever. At that moment, what ha- what happens then? Are you are you waiting for uh, the horse to come back to the winner's circle? Are you getting the pic- checking the picture, ta- doing the next thing? What's, what's That happens after that. So we have to wait until the last horse passes by. Um, okay. Obviously for safety reasons. And then um, we get up and we head towards the winner circle and try to get back there before the horses start coming back. And is there restrictions that the track puts on it? Like, is it just a free for all? It's like first come, first serve goes under the wires. It'd be credentials. Or are you guys jockeying for position, pardon the pun, elbow on each other? Do you want this? I want to lock <laughs> in on this spot. Are you guys fighting? I mean, how does that work? Who gets the primo spots and shit? On regular race days, uh, it's a free for all. On Derby, you have a specific spot. So there's okay. a whole process with that. Um, I don't know really, um, how they do it on the, the back end of it, but they will give you a number 
and then um, they have the numbers placed on the rail and Did not know they will then put your, you know, outlet's name in that spot so you know where to go. And that translates from the dirt straight across to the turf. So you're in the same spot on different courses. So you're on this, you gotta stay in your, stay in your lane, so to speak. Stay you in can't, your lane. <laughs> you can't wander six inches this way, six inches that way, or is it, is this, this is your stall, so invisible stall. This is your starting gate. Gotcha. <laughs> Don't come out. <laughs> and the flip something I've always, and I bet other people have wondered this too in the past, because again, we've seen the pictures from the years gone by, both current and going back to the seventies, whatever. When the when the photographers are under the well, we don't see so much the, the photographers on the outer rail, but still they're on the track. Does the the track say, look, this is where you can and cannot go? Do you are they people are trying to lean in and get the shots or like get the hell back? How does that work? As far as like derby or or derby in general is like I mean they're like look don't be don't be leaning too far into the racetrack. Do you are they on you? Are they adding yes. to stay back? Oh yeah, you you definitely need to stay put, um, and you know stay under the rail. So during Derby, a lot of us have a little stool and we'll put it under there because half the time it's raining, right? So mm-hmm. you want to sit in the mud. But um, yeah, you need to. And actually, this year there was a photographer. The horses were coming out on the track and they were coming, and myself as a horse person for 44 of my 48 years, I know what can happen with these horses. They're unpredictable. Anything can happen. So this one photographer, don't know who he was, um, was not paying attention at all. He was taking pictures of the pretty hats in the grandstand. And that's really dangerous. Yeah. You know, and I, I did, you know, yell out to him, hey, sit down. You know, we, we don't need anybody getting hurt. And that makes me wonder, too, because, again, as we know, Derby Noakes time, if you live here in Louisville, we have a lot of novices. Both people who don't know anything about horse racing, we have a lot of media personnel who you can tell don't know their ass from a hole in the ground when it comes to talking about horse racing. Whenever you talking about the race, it's the sportscasters. So I would think maybe you have the same with photographers. I would think, I was wondering if there's some novice guys who, you know, maybe don't know what they're doing, don't know the dangers, the inherent dangers involved. I've always been curious about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I see it all the time. Um, and a, like I said, as a horse person um, for most of my life, it's it's scary. So you really have to be careful. And as someone who has done this for so long, you know, we all like in tune to know what a horse racing shot looks like, right? We, we, We've got it in our mind because so many people have taken so many great shots over the years. We know what it's supposed to look like. For you, whether it be taking a picture on a farm somewhere or taking a picture during a race, what's the key? Because horses don't always cooperate, right? What's the key to getting a great shot? Um, well, with these, you know, DSLR cameras, they shoot at high speeds and multiple frames per second. So um, I want to say mine does like 10 frames per second. So, I mean, catching catching what you need is is pretty. Um, I don't want to say simple, but simple. Um, but you do have to be ready, especially yeah, with the racing, because I mean, they're 
going so fast that it's easy to miss something like that. You're saying it's easy, and I've taken about nine selfies of myself in my life, and every time I'm looking off into, you know, nine o'clock somewhere or whatever. So I don't think it's simple, quite frankly. Um, so what are some shots in your career? We've talked about a little bit about it. What are some shots that you're just genuinely proud of? You're like, you know what, man, I nailed that. This is why I'm in the game. Do you have any shots like that, any pictures of horses? Um, yeah, there's uh, one that I shot at Keeneland during the spring meet of Barber Road, and he's coming out of the gate, and uh, Tammy Simon actually purchased that from me and has that in her home. Um, so it's it's different because you don't – and it's just him. So you don't really see that. A lot of times you see – all of the horses coming out of the gate at the same time, but not necessarily a specific horse. So, you know, it's a little different, which, you know, I'm cool with that. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, shoot. Well, you mentioned California Chrome earlier, which had to be yeah. a thrill. Yeah, Chrome. Um, when I first started, Arrogate. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I, that's when I really first started um, and I, I lived back home. So I was at Santa Anita quite a bit and um, Bob B knew that I really loved that horse and he would let me know when he was coming out on the track, he was going to backtrack and then he would stop and hang out, just, you know, look around a little bit and then, then he would start his gallop. So very, very cool horse. Miss him. Before I say kick it back to CC, you mentioned this uh, name I'm not familiar with, a Bob B. Uh, who are exactly are you referring to? I had a team leader back in my name, Bob Bedford. Were you talking about him? Back uh, no, in the day? I'm not. I'm talking about uh, the white hair wizard, Bob Baffert. That okay. That that name does ring a bell. That's, so are you? So you do know him very well. I don't know him very well, but you know we've had several conversations. Um, morning workout, Santa Anita, um, you know, run into him at the Ocala sales and then here. And, you know, um, I know a lot of people have different opinions about Bob, but what I can say is from my personal experience, he's always been very kind. Um, he's inquisitive, asks questions about you, um, and what you do, where you're from, Things like that. And coming from a person of his caliber, um, that's really neat because there's a lot of people that are at his level that wouldn't give just a normal person a time of day. So um, actually, he invited me to come hang out with them for Derby 2020. Damn, and girl. Whole, yeah. And I was like, what? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and then COVID hit. So that never happened. But, you know, maybe he won the damn thing anyway, didn't he? Didn't he? Yes. Authentic, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was very cool. Um, and then I ran into him. It was Breeders' Cup. So that was really his first time back, you know, in the limelight. And he knows me as uh, Jenny from Acton. And I said, Bob, Jenny from Acton. And he turned right around. Where have you been? 
So ironically, during my little segment here, we actually came back around full circle. You kind of are Jenny from the block to Bob Baffert, right? That's what it sounds Jenny like. Jenny from the block. Yes. Sure. <laughs> One last thing along these lines, I guess the most important thing about Mr. Baffert and yourself, are you taller than he is? No, I'm not. Really? Yeah, I have several photos. I, I don't think that I am taller than Bob. No. He's not that he's not that tall as he's ever called. No, he's not. Okay. All right. Well, good. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Well, with that said, Jenny, uh, I won't give out any, your real phone number, okay? And we'll <laughs> kick it back to Mr. CC here. Okay. <laughs> All right. Last question, Jenny, from me. Uh, what Are you aware of the rules as far as, like, uh, this popped up in a conversation with somebody else not too long ago, a, a, uh, a local horse consigner from Lexington retweeted a photo that a prominent photographer took of a horse that won a stakes race. I can't remember the name of the horse, but, and, uh, it was just a simple retweet with some commentary, but it also attributed the, the, the name of the photographer, et cetera. That photographer sent this consigner a bill hmm. for retweeting the photo. Is that, is that something that's normal in the business? Is that, if somebody did that to you, would you, is that your right to, to bill them for just a simple retweet? Or if I wanted to share a photo of yours on Facebook or something like that, how does that, how does that work? If it's a retweet, then I would say no, because I said that wrong. It's a quote. It's not even a tweet anymore, but it's, it was a quote tweet, quote tweet. as they used to say, like a quote tweet. Like it's not a retweet. It's like a like you add some commentary to the photo as well. Is it? Does so they that make took sense? the photo and then added their own commentary. Right, but they also. I mean, it, when when you do a quote tweet, you've got all the person's information who who tweeted the photo originally, and all yeah. that jazz. So gotcha. it, it, that yeah. So is that that this particular photographer sent out a bill? I was just curious if that's that's. The proper way practice to do business. Yeah. yeah, there are some people that that will do those kinds of things. Um, I think for a lot of photographers, I can't say all of them. Um, they really just would appreciate some acknowledgement and photo credit. Um, but there there are some photographers out there that. Um, they take it very serious and it's a very serious business for them. I understand and, that. And they, and they will do that. Um, as far as myself, I appreciate if somebody asks me first, Hey, Jenny, do you mind if I repost this? Um, and 99% of the time, I'm going to say, sure, just put photo credits. You know, I mean, it's already out there, right? I, I've already put it out there. So, you know, if they want to share it and put photo credit, that's fine. Now, if they started trying to make prints and doing this crazy kind of stuff, then that's a whole other ball game. And that's happened to people before. Not me that I know of, but um, I believe there was a photo that Alex Evers took of American Pharaoh and somebody did that and made thousands and thousands of dollars. Wow. Yeah. And legal action was taken. I, I, I believe that it was settled um, outside of court kind of thing, but 
yeah, you, you can't you can't steal people's work. <laughs> the livelihood. That's the yeah. question. I, I, I was under the impression that if you post something on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, it's it's their property. Now, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know so. if that's the case, though. I don't know. I mean, if you put your watermark, or is that what it's called, the watermark? Or the, yes. Yeah, if you put that on there, I mean, I don't know. Uh, it's, so, so are you saying that I may have some legal recourse for the times that my uh, dumbass 80s puns have been retweeted and stuff? Those six times it's happened in the last four or five years, that's I'm going to compensation. Intellectual yeah. property. <laughs> yes. I'm not coming for me, it isn't. <laughs> I would lose that case. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jenny. Uh remind us one more time the the, the name of your uh, your website and uh and uh, how how people could get in touch with you or, or whatnot. Uh it's photostable.us and I'm also on Instagram at the photostable. There you go. And, and what was that phone number again? Eight six seven five three zero nine. Quick. <laughs> All right. So yeah, just a reminder that uh, Breeders Cup's coming up here in less than what five six weeks. So yeah, reach out to Jenny. Maybe she can get you some cool photos. That'd be cool. I'm looking for for a few myself to decorate. Oh yeah. All right. So Jenny, uh, we're we're grateful you joined us and uh, and good luck with your your new venture going forward. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Anytime. We enjoyed it. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you. Okay. That was Jenny Doyle, otherwise known as Jenny Photog. I guess that's the name of the past now. I'm really sad about that. I wonder. I always liked that name. When, you know, when we first met her at that Photog, I just thought it had a nice cachet to it. But Jenny's got a nice cachet to her. She's super nice and a lot of fun to be around. That's exactly right. I'll tell you something else that's fun around. It's fun to be around. It's uh, this weekend at Churchill Downs, closing weekend of the what do they call it the homecoming meet or that's what they used to call it big big racing uh maybe some some effect on on the uh breeders cup at santa anita uh we'll just go through these stakes races real quick the jefferson cup is race number i don't know what is it number eight two hundred thousand dollar race this race has been around forever i think the that was actually the the race that was run the first time i ever went to church announced it was uh it's been around a long time. It really has. Yeah, that's 1988. Now, I remember there's a horse, Gary Hartledge horse named C-Trek, who had just run in the Kentucky Derby, and he came back in the Jefferson Cup. I thought he was a lock, and I think he finished second or third maybe or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, Gary Hartledge and Joe Johnson, they were around for a long time, still around. But, uh, yeah, uh, shout-out to our buddy Jeff Riggs. He picked Ocean Point. Uh, not on this podcast, just to us personally. And of course, I didn't have a dime on him uh, to win an allowance race not too long ago, two weeks ago. That's a, it's going to be a short turnaround for this guy, the son of uh, Kitten's Joy, six to one in the morning line, looking for the favorite here. There's a wide open spot. Uh, number seven, more than looks for Sherry DeVoe. Last race at Saratoga in a grade two, got beaten by Carl Spackler, one of the top uh, three year olds, three year old turfers from the Chad Brown barn. Uh, more than looks, uh, won the Manila Stakes two races back. Took advantage of a of a speed duel early on in the race. Uh, looks like he's working up to this race pretty good. I I, I don't I'm not crazy about him, but uh, this this race isn't all that tough. 
it's not the toughest Jefferson Cup. I'm just glancing through it here real quick. You know, when you've when you know these horses, you can kind of form some opinions before you really dig into them. Uh, I think. Well, I think what I like about more than looks is obviously the horse is named after myself. So that's, of course, there's a uh, bullet yes. in holster right there. So, uh, yeah, and, and the horse be tough. Sheree DeVoe, I mean, just, I mean, I think she gets attention. I think she gets the credit she deserves, but it just, it, it, it just seems like she is always a threat, right? Don't you, one of those trainers you always have to keep in mind. Right. It always, you know, second time starter. Right. Or a horse coming back off a layoff. You're always scared of Sharita Vo. Uh, wouldn't that be fair to say? Same thing with with hell. Anything Paulo Lobo sends out. He's got noises off in here. Uh, anything like brings in at Turfway or off the layoff or Kentucky Downs or Keeneland. Paulo, those two guys are just those two folks are always scary. Are they not? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the Kentucky Downs form. We have to monitor it because it's. It's a little wacky down there. This horse uh, noises off the four horse from Lobo Barn ran a huge number down there, breaking his maiden. I actually played against him. I think that horse they just, they just loaded up on him, went off three to five, and I thought uh, I, he just looked like a career maiden to me. But he he absolutely turned it on. They knew he was going to win that day, so it's interesting to see what he'll do in this spot. You know, I'm glad you mentioned Ocean Point because. Because of my Turfway love, I do know those horses very well. Anybody that followed Turfway, you, when you saw the horse break his mane for 30, it's like, this this horse is a good – and the horse might have been claimed. I can't – might have been for Estevanco. A very small-time trainer's got a really good one. And then he broke the – when you can see one on look sometimes, and the horse broke his maiden really good, and it was visually impressive for 30. And it's like, this horse has more to it. And he has ran exceptionally well ever since he uh, – the next race to Turfway, he started, he started allowance. He won very easily, and he's competed exceptionally well. The big race in the rush away. Uh, so this horse has always been right there, and it seems like he really put it together at Churchill last time. I mean, he the, the, the comment line says geared down from the outside post. It wasn't the toughest field, but, I mean, he destroyed that field. And you're like you said, it's a, it's a quick turnaround, but I don't blame him for coming back in this spot. So I find it an interesting race. I'll be at the Kentucky-Florida game, but I'll be keeping an eye on this one. More than looks, it's probably going to be a heavy favorite. Now, the more I look at it, but oh yeah, I think you know, I, I've I've wanted to play against this horse. I, I don't know. It's going to be a that's an interesting spot. He 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 probably should win unless you know there's somebody standing in the way. I don't know. We'll see. Oh, there's three more on the outside here. There we got we've got Gustavo Delgado. I, I totally missed the nine, ten, eleven Ocean Vision for Gustavo Delgado, who trained the uh, Kentucky Derby winner Mage. Uh, Had a good year. His, yeah, makes his second uh, U.S. start. Last ran in the uh, Hall of Fame stakes. He was uh, two lengths behind more than looks. So it's, uh, yeah, should be an interesting spot. Uh, now the nine, race nine, excuse me, is the ACAC stakes, grade three, 400,000. They really should rename this race the Auxiliary Gate Podcast Mile because <laughs> we've got our mittens all over this race. Uh, you've got Obesos from the uh, Greg Foley Barn, who we've had his son, Travis, on in the past. Uh, a few times, the owner. Three technique is a three hole uh, in the three hole. Jason Cook, we we, we had on the uh, the pod not, not too and long I, ago. I went to a party after he uh, see when he celebrated uh, oh. the three technique winning the Narude. He the guy's a hell of a cook. He told us on the show he's a cook. He's a hell of a grill master, and I will stand by that. He actually is great job, Jason. We're we're pulling for him in that race as well as the Foley's. Who else we got in here? Stage Raider. This is a half brother to justify. Uh, trained by Sherry DeVoe, who's also been on the podcast. As has Brian Hernandez a few times. As has Brian Hernandez. And, of course, uh, the favorite, Zozo, 6-5, to five, for Brad, Brad Cox, Cox, who's been who, on the podcast as it's well. It's probably his biggest claim to fame. 
uh, in his years as a trainer is being on this podcast, right? I mean, I know he's he's won a couple right. of decent races. He's, he's not accomplished a whole lot, but no, no he's not. But I, I do. I like seeing guys like that who's struggling to get their name. I think maybe we may have given him his break, and he's he's went on to actually do pretty well. I think so, and he may win this race. And lest lest we forget uh, the six horse Sky Row ridden by James Graham, seven horse Cato River, Cato River is Nancy Holtus. Uh, reminded me several years ago, uh, is ridden by Declan Cannon, both podcast alums. And they're, they're great guys. Alum or alums? Uh, alumni, right? Al- alumni. Alums? I think it's alums. I don't know. I don't so know. So we can't bet the race because we, we can't pull against anybody, right? I'll find a way. <laughs> it is a fun race, and I, it would be kind of cool to see Jason Cook. It would be cool to see anybody. The Foley's, we, we, uh, Brian Bernard, we had that, on the owner of Obasos where he went in the Derby. This should be a humdinger for real. Zozo says, uh, don't know what happened at Monmouth, but he was on an absolute tear going into that race. And, uh, he, he looks like a, you know, flat mile might be his, his jam. Mm-hmm. You know, three technique, uh, looks like he's probably working up to the race really well. Uh, hasn't ran since July 1st in the, in the John Nayrud. It's, uh, that was a big race. So, you know, the time off probably did him some good. And then, of course, Obesos, uh, off the layoff nearly won the Jeff Hall Memorial. That, this is going to be a good race. Really, really good, interesting. A good race. race. I know this is a strange people say, but if you don't met better nickel on the race, which is okay, I think this is a fun one to watch. Yeah. You know what, you know what amazes me about this race as I'm looking at the Cattle Rivers in this race. And he's only had 20 lifetime starts. Does it not seem like he's had more than 20 lifetime starts? It seems like 20 a year. I know, but anyway, he's, he's went off the deep end a little bit, but he's being the heck of a runner himself. So it's a fun race. Yeah, for sure. And then the 10th race is the Lucas Classic, $500,000. That's, that's pretty cool. Half million dollar race. Uh, uh, who's your favorite D Wayne Lucas runner? Put you on the spot. Oh, Lord. Uh, I'm going to have to come up with something off the top of my head. How about, how about a crazy one? How about Scorpion or. Scorpion. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna you know, you some Scorpion. silly one. How about Althea? Let's go with Althea. Grindstone for me. Won the uh, 96 Derby. First big hit I probably ever had. Like a $600 trifecta. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, a lot I'm, of money not, lost since then. I'm not gonna pick a horse. It's where this is like a couple days out. I've barely looked at this. A couple things stick out to me in the race that go beyond. Uh, you can listen to your other handicapping shows and everybody's cliche pick fives tickets they're going to put together. I'm going to give you my synopsis of this race real quick. Number one, it's a race I think is cool because it's got a horse named Clapton in it and a horse and a race name and a horse named Warrant in it. Uh, two great musical acts. Number one, number two, Rattle and Row, who's one of my favorite horses. I think I mentioned this to you before we came on the uh, air. This horse ran four straight 101 Brisnet figures. Is that amazing? Is that not amazing? Unbelievable. I've got five straight triple-digit buyers going back I've to the New Orleans Classic. And then, you know, uh, seven, six to the last eight races, he's run a triple-digit buyer. Uh, I, I'm looking at because uh, I have Brisnet. That's all I use. Shout-out to Briss. But um, nine straight triple-digit, nine straight 99 or better Brisnet figures. That's a mark of consistency. This horse was kind of knocked early on in his career or whatever, and he – this horse has truly blossomed as a, in late in his three year old year and a four year old year. So you, you think, yeah, he didn't run that well at Saratoga. Well, he was a mile and a quarter. It might have been a little too far, a little flat, but he's still running the same figure. So pretty impressive horse. 
Uh, I want to point out number seven, Wayland Springs. This horse has really blossomed since uh, going to the Lindsay Schultz barn. Looking at that pedigree, you got street sense out of a pure prize mare. This horse did nothing but sprint. Yeah, it's uh, he's amazing. Arkansas bred, but he, he, he really did nothing but sprint early on in his career. And then Schultz uh, got her hands on him and, and has made him into a router, a uh, stakes winner router at that so that's uh this horse may be a little bit uh, underrated i think coming into this big second of proxy uh jose ferrer comes in town jose ferrer's been part of the reason horses turned around so uh monmouth jock right tampa jock and uh i don't know if he's i don't know if he's raced at churchill before but that is interesting maybe Corey yeah. can get maybe Corey can get his thousand win in this race we'll see who's he on Five-star. Oh, number eight, five-star general. Yeah, the far outside American Revolution breaks from the nine hole. I don't really like that post, but that horse, uh, he stumbled coming out of the gate going that, uh, funky one turn Ellis Park type mile at Saratoga. And, uh, he was beaten by Dr. Ardito, who came back to win the Parks Mile last, uh, was, yeah, last Saturday where he beat Gunite. So that race, uh, came up a little bit tougher. Yeah, happy American. Happy American's in the race too. Always a always a hard trier. That's uh that's the type of horse you put underneath your supers. Yeah. Right? Yep. Really always a fun horse to watch. Uh, and I'm doing everything I can in my power not to make some stupid musical puns with Clapton and Warren. So I'm I'm showing great restraint. Congratulations. You're doing a good job. Well, heaven isn't too far away. The show. Okay. I did it. <laughs> what can I say? Uh, all right. Last thing, I'll give you one horse to watch. Okay, I'm looking forward to it because I haven't followed the race that closely of late. Give me fifth something. race, fifth race. No risk it, no biscuit for our our buddy Joel Politi. He told me that he kind of liked this horse back in the summer. Now you look at the uh, past performances. I mean, she ran into some monsters. Uh, Ways and Means is a really nice filly. The broker made by Twelve Links. I think she got beat in the uh, the spinaway in her last start. And the next start, she uh, she broke slow and, and ran into Alpine Princess for our our buddies at uh, uh, I don't know the name of the partnership, but it's Dan Glick's partnership. Uh, yeah, shout out to him. Name, yeah, names it's, names escaping. Speak you're right. Full of run. They got different names, I think, for their syndicates. But uh, yeah, so this this filly finally comes home, and she stretches out. Uh, daughter of Omaha Beach. I, I say keep an eye on her. Maybe I, I can see that. I like that. You might get a price on it. It says five to one, but I can see the horse going off at a price. Wait, yeah. As Joe, Joe Chris said with the, uh, was it the form muddied up or the form cloudied up? Yes. I can see that. Yes. Anyway, okay. That's all. So what, uh, anything else? No, no, I'm good. Uh, but I think Keeneland, that, that racetrack in Versailles starts next week because I think someone told me. Is that correct? Yes. And speaking of, uh, Dan Glick, uh, that Philly Alpine Princess, is going to run the Alcibiades. Got to be so, very exciting for him. That's that's a, that's a grade one. They're gonna they're gonna try to turn a huge profit on that Philly. Hopefully, so yeah. Good luck to them. Oh, definitely. Okay. Anything else? Nope. Go Cavs and play in Florida. That's where I'll be Saturday afternoon. All right. That's all I got. So on behalf of Jeff Riggs, Brandon Jaggers, Alan Schneider, and of course our guest. Jenny Fotog Doyle. CC brought us reminding you, in the words of Jerry Romans, we're not happy unless you're not happy. Good night.